Hi, this is Ezra Ingle. And you're listening to The Voice. With Josiah, my son, and Noah, another son of mine. Reading Mark chapter 9 for Thursday, February 27th. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was, transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first, and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long have you been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. 
Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant, and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last, and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop, because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, because you belong to Christ, will certainly not lose his reward. And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves, and be at peace with each other. Mark chapter 9. So there's a lot of stuff that we cover in chapter 9. A couple different mm -hmm. things. It's interesting how... I've never heard of the story where he takes a spirit out of the boy that uh, had the spirit trying to kill him. Yeah, he'd have convulsions. It sounds like seizures. Like where he'd be shaking on the ground and foaming at the mouth. Hmm. How come... Was it just seizures, or did they believe that it was a spirit? Well, this says that it was a is an evil spirit, but I know people that, or I've I've met people who had epilepsy and they would have seizures regularly, and they had medicine to. And they would try to kill themselves. No, but if they would lose control of their bodies, so if they were next to the fire, then they could fall into it or something. Hmm. So everyone had to be careful, hmm. um, and that he just always had people around him that knew what to do. Um, but this was saying that this person was doing it be because, um, of an evil spirit. How come lots of the evil spirit stuff hasn't been happening now times? Is it because God died on the cross, or? I don't know. I would think <coughs> that maybe it still does happen. But people don't think of it as evil spirits. Because... There's, like, more doctors and more professional stuff, and we have discovered more, so people just think it's a seizure or it's something that needs medicine. They need to go to the hospital and stuff like that. Well, there's a lot of stuff that um, modern medicine can do now that really treats the symptoms of things, mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily cure you. 
God can heal. Um, and there are some things that that help our bodies to fight things off, but not a whole lot of stuff that just is a regular cure. Every, all the best medicines um, just encourage your body to do to do the healing itself. Anyways, um, I like the part in verse twenty three after the the father asks him asks Jesus to um to heal his boy. He says, um, what does he say to Jesus? But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, said Jesus. Do you think it, that other people might have thought that was kind of funny? Like, why would you say, if you can, to Jesus? Jesus can do anything. <laughs> you know? Well, they like, probably, Jesus would be like, oh, that's too hard. They probably didn't know because Jesus told the disciples to not really tell anyone about his appearance and stuff like that. Yeah, Jesus told a lot of people that he healed not to talk about it, but a lot. Of, but they all talked. They seemed to tell everybody about it. That's why they had all those crowds. So a lot of people knew that Jesus healed. But it is kind of funny to think that this guy wasn't sure if Jesus could do it or not. But Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. And does Jesus believe? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So he can do a lot. But I haven't been able to heal like Jesus does. That would be really cool if I could. Uh-huh. I would totally go visit my friend um, from work, Jason, who just was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. I would want to heal him with Jesus' power. I did pray for him, and so did Mommy, and a lot of other people. And so I really hope that he gets healed, because... You know, life is good. For yeah, him. and he's going to have his first child. His wife is pregnant. Yeah, and children are a lot easier to appreciate when you're alive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's kind of a sad story if he didn't live, but for some reason I think that he is going to. I just hope that his um. Cancer treatments are not too horrible. I've heard a lot of people don't like cancer treatments. Yeah, so all all this stuff, um, and then Jesus' disciples were arguing about who the greatest was among them. Like, which disciple was the greatest? You don't really hear much people fighting about who's the greatest. Like, I'm the greatest person in the world. Well, it's surprising a lot of people do talk about that. Have you ever heard somebody brag about what they can do? Well, I have and a friend that always makes his stuff sound better and then make other people's stuff have mm-hmm. always have a downside to it. So that's like arguing who the, who's the greatest, even though they're not saying it. I'm the greatest, and you're not. And they're not, like, arguing or putting people down. They just kind mm-hmm. of... They're not really saying it in a mean way, though. They're just... Kind of. One of the other things that the chapter ends with was... Um, causing uh, people to sin. You know, that basically that it would have been better for someone not to have been born if they cause a child to to sin. And it says that if your hand causes you to sin, it would be better to cut off your hand than to go to hell. And he says if your eye causes you to sin, it would be better to gouge it out than to go to hell. Do you think that he wants everyone to gouge out their eyes and cut off their hands? No, he probably means, like, it's 
he's just comparing and saying that it's better to mm. have that all that stuff happen than to go to hell because hell is horrible. Yeah. And so, like, what if what if Noah did something really bad, like stole something? He wouldn't actually cut off his hand. And but then, and then, mommy said, Noah, why did you do that? And Noah said, my hand made me do it. And he believed that his hand made him do it. Then who would cut off his hand? Then, if it was only his hand that made him do it, and if he would never stop doing it while he had a hand, then it would have been better to cut off his hand. But I think that it's not his hand that did it. If I had a medicine, that would make it so I can't feel it. Yeah. So is it your hand that makes you do bad things? No. No. What is it? It's my brain. Your brain? Should we cut your brain out? No. Does your brain do anything good? He would die if you cut out his brain. What is it? When I said my brain, I meant, like, what I think. Yeah, so maybe you have some bad thoughts. Don't you think? Yeah. So if you do sinful things, it could be because you have sinful thoughts. And guess what? I think God wants us to cut out our sinful thoughts. And so we don't need a knife for that. How do we change the way that we think? By praying. Yeah. Anything else? And by being good and uh, practicing uh, and being nice Bible to other people. Like you are. Reading the Bible. And like I am. Knowing what not to do by the things that sometimes it doesn't do It doesn't make it impossible for us to sin, but it really helps to cut out a lot of evil thoughts. Mm-hmm. Can you think of um, things that we might expose ourselves to that that would give us naughty ideas? That you totally wouldn't do. Like, um, maybe if you have friends that that have um, naughty ideas that they want to tell you about, or dirty jokes, or maybe certain TV shows and movies might give you naughty ideas that won't be good for your mind. Yeah. So that's, I think, one good reason to read the Bible, is so that you have good things in your mind, too. And ideas of what not to do, because lots of bad things sometimes could happen in the Bible. So you want to make sure that your mind has good things and not just bad things, because there's a lot of bad things around. Some that you can't even avoid. Some people just say things, and you're like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. Nice to know, but it's kind of not nice. But thanks for um, discussing these things with me, Josiah. It was fun. And Noah. Thank you, Noah, too. And I hope that none of us have to cut off our hands or gouge out our eyes. That we just cut out evil thoughts and things like that. And we don't need a knife for that. No. But we might need a sword. We don't need a sword. Did you know that in the Bible it says that the Bible is a sword that cuts through things? What if someone actually... Like the thoughts of our hearts and stuff. What if someone actually smacked themselves with a Bible and then they suddenly felt better? Hmm. That would be interesting. All right, well, um, let's thank everyone who listens to The Voice. Mm-hmm. Yep.
Thank you for listening to The Voice.